guys, GTV Mansfield here, certified nutrition coach and the 365 Life Recovery Group Director. 365 Life Recovery is a program that leads with education and information on nutritional recovery during sobriety, helping you to avoid relapse and replenish your body through nutrition first. As always, this information is for educational use only. It is not a substitute for medical attention, treatment, examination, diagnosis, or advice of existing conditions. Also, it's not to take the place of proper medical advice from a fully qualified medical practitioner. What does it mean to eat right in recovery? Is it a diet or, or a regimen? You know, what is it exactly? I mean, the fact is, I guess with any nutritional revelation one has about themselves, you know, the typical saying, I need to lose some weight. I need to stop eating fast food, I need to get more oranges or greens or whatever, you, you know, you say to yourself, it generally starts with the emotional response to the way you're feeling about your physical body or maybe even the cringe thought of your future self. You know, what am I going to be like when I get old, just fat, can't move, can't think, Alzheimer's, you know, you start thinking about that stuff. So the image we see in our mind, that's what we kind of see if we continue stuffing our face with carb loaded pizza and beer, right? So regardless if you're in recovery or just an everyday person, you can bet you're probably thinking about the effects of food, good or bad, comfort or clutter food, and one way or the other, you're thinking about it. Now, I can tell you, I did a video back when I weighed 277, and I was on my way to topping out at 298, even on this video, where I looked huge, and it will never see the light of day, so don't ask. But some would go ahead, you know, and round that off to 300 pounds, you know, 300 pounds, but I refused to do that, uh, just 298, not 300 but I guess on some mornings I probably was 300, right? But in that video, I revealed the emotion behind really that terrible condition I had realized I placed my body in. Now, granted, this was from drinking and total lack of care for the foods I shoved down my throat, right? During the said drinking, but realized the physical as well as the emotional effect this had on me and has had on many of you. And I was only at 277 doing a video on how, you know, I wanted to start this journey to lose weight and I had more weight to gain because I tried to do it in the wrong way. Right now, what's funny is you have to realize this. I played the scarecrow in my high school's production of the Wiz. And yeah, I said the Wiz, not the Wizard of Oz. So I played Michael Jackson's role. I was six foot one and 119 pounds. So I guess I was tight cast. There was only one other guy I was up against. I think he was, his name was Steve. He was um, almost seven foot and I thought he was going to get the role. But anyway, my neck was so long in high school. They dubbed, dubbed me ET sometimes. I mean, not in a mocking, you know, bully way, but it was just kind of funny. I thought it was cuter than ET, but um, at 298, I probably could have revisited that musical, but now I'd probably play the cowardly chubby lion, you know, cause I, I had the body for it, not the scarecrow and my joints and my bones. Now they felt like the tin man, you know, when he sang slide some more out to me, slip some down my spine. 
If you don't have STP, Crisco will be just fine. But anyway, shout out to Michael Robinson, who did a much better job, who played that award-winning part in the Avondale High School production of The Wiz in 1980-something and whatnot. So I definitely didn't want to be high school skinny, as they say when I had that revelation. I mean, that was too thin. 119.61 ET neck. I mean, I needed a sandwich, right? I was so excited, though, when I attended college away from home because it was one of these all-inclusive, all-you-can-eat type of cafeterias. I mean, it was glorious. Of course, they had the salad bar, which was loaded, and they had just everything you wanted. And, of course, the dessert bar. The dessert bar was awesome. So I gained 35 pounds in like half a year, six months, right? And I was... I was ecstatic. That was great. Got some meat on my bones. Only if I knew what was in store for G, right? But how do you make the change? And more importantly, how do you defend yourself against the emotional attack of overanalyzing how you got here? That's really what gets you, right? And you're thinking, how did, how in the world did I get to 300 pounds? Well, for most of my audience that's listening, it's alcohol. It's a destruction, you know, what it did to your gut destroyed you. But again, I could very well be talking to those people who are listening who maybe have not suffered from drinking too much, or maybe it's another habit, addiction, or maybe a condition that really leads them to overeating and they've arrived at the same point, right? Well, here's the answer. Suck it up, right? Go to the mirror, take a look, take a good look at what you've done to your body. I mean, really look, and this takes some guts, right? This is very painful if you do it right. Better yet, have someone take a picture of you and then show you, not telling you, hey, this is a picture of you. Because immediately you're gonna look at that and you're gonna say to yourself, am I really that fat? Is that me? Yeah, it's you. Now, once you're over the realization, the shock that, uh, you know, this is where you're really ready to enter the reality. Now, the only question is, what do you want? You know, do you want it? You can have what you want if you want it. And your why, if you have a why, are the reasons, you know, what gets you out of bed or off your butt or both. And I'm not talking about a run or just working out. Now, my story, I lost 100 pounds once I got to the 298 in eight months. And during that eight months, I did not lift a single weight, didn't pound the sidewalk or treadmill. It was all the food I chose and I did not choose and when I chose to eat them. Now, while I went keto, keto diet, I don't attribute it to that diet alone. I mean, I was serious. Um, I decided. I used my willpower to decide. I was serious about this. But I was over serious. I mean, I was annoyingly diligent, right? And while, I, you know, after those eight months, a few more months, maybe a year went by, COVID came. I did gain the COVID 20 to 25, right? But I lost it again. So I've maintained that weight and personally feel, you know, I could probably stand to lose another 15 or 20. I don't know. I don't want ET to reemerge. We'll see. I'm always experimenting because I don't want to live my life a slave to any one thing 
whether it be alcohol or food. I mean, spell diet. D-I-E. Die. Those are the first three letters. So rather, I'd rather become metabolically flexible. Metabolically. That's a hard word for me. Adapting really to, I guess, the lifestyle of eating and how I eat. You know, a relationship change in my approach to food. So although I was the biggest proselytizer for keto, I shouted it from the rooftops. You know, I'm, I'm no longer as dogmatic about that or any one particular way or any one diet, but I am as to the way and the way is nutritional recovery and balance with a mind change concerning food. That's the way. Besides, if you take a look at the various diets, you, know, you got keto, you got the paleo, you got Mediterranean, you got these other crazy diets or whatever, or maybe, you know, scientifically based nutritional diets, you need to really look at what they have in common, not what the differences or restrictions are, because they all work equally across a wide slice of the population. They really do, because one diet is not a one size fits all. It's just not. That's why you need a nutritional coach. He has to look at you, your lifestyle, what you eat, when you eat. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. You can't just say, hey, you know, low carb, high fat, go for it. Someone has to be there to, to find out what's going on within your body. So what do they have in common? Well, outside nutritional values, they have awareness. That's the one thing they all have in common. They bring awareness to the top of the dome about the crap you're eating and how it's killing you. Awareness of the lies from the media, advertising, conditioning. I've always said that people will eat what you feed them. And what I mean by that is information. They'll eat whatever information you feed them because they don't want to take the time to find out for themselves. They take your word for it. Right. So back in the day, I guess maybe this was 90s, early 2000, maybe 90s. I don't know. Back when we were told to cut the fat, you know, everything started being low fat, low fat, low fat. I knew someone who actually would eat candy corns all day long. And she told me, look, there's no fat. There's no fat. I can eat these. That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> this is the most important quality, though, of any eating plan that you have awareness that you're now educated you know and by the way knowledge is not power we all know this it's not the knowledge it's what you do with that knowledge that's the real superpower right it's the action faith without works is dead right you can't have faith in something without doing something without showing some action this is dead not gonna work same case that is, we all have the base knowledge that we should not eat eight slices of pizza with a 32 ounce cola, chase that with a bowl of ice cream with hot fudge, maybe some whipped cream, just to eat an hour later at the bar with some chicken wings and maybe a beer or whatever. Or, you know, that we really should not hit the buffet three times in a sitting like I used to do because, you know, we want to get our money's worth. You know, we don't want to lose any money here. 
We all know these truths to be self-evident, that all foods are not created equal. So your desire or your why, why do you want to change, plus information and education, like you're doing listening to this podcast, and there are thousands of others that have great information, that brings about the awareness. And that will equal motivation to get your why, to make that change. See how that works? I didn't lead with motivation. You will never have the motivation before an action. Action determines the level of motivation. You do something because you have to. I mean, as David Goggins says, do what you hate. Man, I love that. Do what you hate. I use this in so many scenarios every day. I think about David and when he says, do what you hate, right? So counterintuitive. Or if you're an old schooler like me, you might say, eat that frog. You know, that's Brian Tracy's phrase for, you know, talking about procrastination. Eat the frog first. Do what you hate. Uh, Then everything else is easy. The motivation will then appear. Start doing something. You know, you can see this if you've tried to lose weight before, maybe, and you lost a pound. What happens? Oh, you get this dopamine. You're motivated now, right? Dopamine, remember from the last podcast, is the motivator right? So this is going to come after you see a reward. Now, you know, there's a prospect of more reward. So motivation is not going to get you off your butt. Do what you hate. So, you know, this episode was really less about science, but I'd love to hear from you guys on what you want to hear more about, you know, on so many platforms uh, where we appear with this podcast, you can send a voice message or just send me an email directly or DM, you know, 365 Life Recovery on, you know, any social media. Uh, my email, by the way, directly is gtv at 365recovery.life. And if you need some of that personal attention I talked about, you know, that one-on-one to discover what makes you tick nutritionally, and you need some guidance and coaching, visit the website at 365recovery.life. Find out about the one-on-one coaching that's going to be customized for you. Join a few of the social media groups there to stay connected to the community. And as always, if you need immediate attention, uh, reach out to the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, or NCAT, at 1-800-622-2255. And they can place you with some local resources there if you're struggling with alcohol or even, you know, other substance abuses, you know. And remember, don't just hear me. Listen. Listen.